Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. To another episode of Appalachian Shine. Today is February 5th, 2023. I'm having a hard time believing that uh, January flew by so fast. Uh, it's been cold, but hey, you know, it's winter. However, we're about a week away from the Super Bowl, two weeks away from the Daytona 500, and opening day for baseball starts on March 31st. So, or is it March 30th? One of the two. That means spring's around the corner, folks. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to farmer's markets, good local grown, fresh local foods, and all the uh, things that summer brings around here, spring and summer. So hopefully you have something on your agenda you're looking to do as the weather breaks and uh, you get ready to go into some of the warmer, more pleasant weather of the year. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I'm sure there's plenty of folks out there looking at some hiking trails, uh, some off-roading, early vacations, uh, some scenic beauty, um, whatever whatever you're looking for. Hope you find it this spring. If you have any specific um, recommendations for folks for long weekends or early vacations, uh, let us know here at the Foundation. We'll certainly highlight some of these locations on our podcast uh, and uh, on our website. Email me at jc at supportappalachia.org, and we'll go uh, go through that. I do want to throw a special thanks again for Linda Hoagland for uh, being with us on our last podcast. One of the things that we wanted to do this year is to be able to highlight local uh, authors uh, and artists on our show. And the authors that come on, um, we want them to be able to read excerpts from their work so that you, the listener, or those who are following us can get a little bit more of an idea of just some of the talent that's out there here locally in our region. Um, I think uh, a lot of the talent here absolutely goes unmatched. Uh, Coming up soon on an episode of Appalachian Shine, we're going to have Damian Matthews from Bristol, who's a very prolific writer and has quite a few things out uh, you can find on Amazon. Has his own podcast as well, and uh, where he does uh, try to highlight not just his work, but other the works of other Appalachian writers in the region and uh, and promote that craft. So um, looking forward to having him on the show uh, coming up soon. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do today, actually, some of you may know, some of you may not know, I'm, a, I'm also <clears throat> an author and uh, I write under a pen named Cyrus Alderwood. So some of you may have seen me on Facebook before I got hacked and got off of there under my real name, uh, under my uh, pen name. Uh, so I did contribute a short story uh, to last year's anthology, or actually two years ago, uh, an anthology that the Appalachian Authors Guild put together. And this particular book was called Mountain Voices. 
and the 2021 anthology from the Appalachian Authors Guild. You can find this book on Amazon uh, in paperback for $11.99 and Kindle for $4.99. And if you go to AppalachianAuthorsGuild.com, I think it's on it's for sale on there as well, and you can buy it directly from the website. If you happen to see us out at any of the festivals this spring or this summer uh, as a guild, make sure you stop by the table there. They'll probably have a few copies of it, maybe some signed copies as well. So uh, it's called Mountain Voices, a 2021 anthology from the Appalachian Authors Guild. So I wanted to read a short story that I put together for that called South Holston Blues. Um, before I jump into the short story, though, it is uh, Jan uh, February 5th, and we're probably a, just only a few weeks away from our next drop-off that we're going to be doing for Operation Helping Hand, uh, where we collect items to donate uh, for the homeless here in Southwest Virginia. So um, if you have any items you'd like to donate, whether it's clothing um, you know, maybe there's some things you're thinking about putting out in a yard sale or going to Goodwill, but you maybe rather donate it to uh, go to help some of the homeless here. We, uh, they can always use more um, women's clothing, especially young teen girls. Uh, that They've had a shortage of, of those donations. Last, uh, last time, September, October, we were able to donate quite a bit uh, of those specific things. But, you know, if you have a teenage daughter that's throwing clothes out, you want to save some of those clothes. Um, hang on to them, contact us, and uh, we'll work out a way where we can get that from you, and uh, we'll be taking that down to Norton, Virginia, to drop off in March. Uh, also, one of the things that they specifically asked for in March uh, was canned items, canned goods. So if you have food um, that's uh, preferably with a pop top on it, where people can easily open it and not have to have an a electric can opener or a handheld can opener, uh, if you have those types of uh, food items you want to donate, um, or I guess things like ramen or wh whatever kind of foods that doesn't have a spoil date on it, um, you know that, that you want to donate, um, contact us. And uh, you know if you have a bag, small bag full of those items, we're going to run all that down there in uh, March. Uh, what we have available. So uh, contact us again, JC at supportappalachia.org. And just uh, put, you know, Operation Helping Hand or Homeless in the subject line, and we'll, I'll get back with you ASAP so we can uh, make arrangements to get whatever donations you have. Thanks again for those who have helped out with that program. My goodness, you know, paying it forward, it, it not only makes you feel good, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there that that need a hand, a hand up, not a handout. And that's the way we view this. You know, we're so blessed that, you know, even in times like, you know, rising inflation, high gas costs, um, just you know, all the things that are going on economically in our lives and personally, to be able to take some time to pay it forward, you know, please use us as a vessel to do that. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, we, we still could use some uh, monetary donations to help out with this as well. Um, if you'd like to make a donation, uh, 10, 20 bucks, whatever you can afford, um, go to our website, supportappalachia.org, and you can make a donation through there. Uh, we are a 501c3, so all of it is, uh, we're a tax-exempt organization. And uh, we, like I said, we certainly could use, um, uh, actually, we, we could use quite a few donations going into the uh, into the spring. So we, we certainly appreciate all of your help and support. Uh, if you would rather just mail a check the old-fashioned way, 
Just make a check payable to Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And you can mail that to P.O. Box 397. And that's in Richlands, Virginia, zip code 24641. Uh, our address, uh, mailing address is right there on the website as well. So feel free and jump on there. All right, so let's get back to having a little bit of fun while we have some time here this morning. Um, this was, again, a submission called South Holston Blues by yours truly under the pen name Cyrus Alderwood for the Appalachian Authors Guild Anthology. By the way, we're working on another one to go out later this year, so you're going to have some more short stories and poems and essays and so forth. Um, fiction, nonfiction, all kinds of great stuff. And excuse me, I've never read this out loud, so hopefully I do it justice. <laughs> Old Man Stan and Preacher Kyle from over at the Free Will Baptist Church, the one at the corner of Elm and Front Street, stood in the window of the barber shop with a puzzled and curious look plastered on both of their faces. Stan hadn't even bothered to turn off the buzzing razor, probably because it was perfect cover for a shaky hand. He was the ripe old age of 81, but refused to retire and close up the barbershop he built from scratch when he got back from Vietnam. He'd cut hair all over the world. They even bragged that he had shaved a few heads at a hairy battle during the Tet Offensive back in 1968. He'd even claimed to have seen a UFO during his rowdy years after he got out of the Army. He'd seen all kinds of strangeness, but Baker Mitchell took the cake. He was the oddest bird in town, and it wasn't even a close contest. What in the, the old bartender trailed off, or excuse me, the old barber trailed off? Beats the heck out of me. Kyle couldn't figure out what Mitchell was doing in the middle of the most empty parking lot, or the mostly empty parking lot at Taylor's Hardware, wearing cowboy boots, white shorts, and a pink bathroom. Nor could he guess what in the devil he was arguing with the town drunk about. Mitchell stabbed a finger in the man's face and swiped the bourbon bottle from his hand, took a long draw, and handed it back to him. The look of confusion on the drunk's face was every bit as sincere as the one Stan was still wearing. Oh, Lord, whisper a prayer, Reverend. He's coming over here, Stan said. Probably best you get back in the chair and let me finish shaving you. If we look busy, he might not stay long. Besides, you look a bit silly with half your face shaven and the other half covered in lather. Preacher Kyle leaned back into the barber chair. Proceed, sir, he said, changing his accent to quote a line from one of his favorite movies. You know how they tell you never to trust a guy with two first names? Kind of like Jack Ruby? How did he come by the name B Baker Mitchell? question like that was straight. It was right up the old barber's alley. He had likely heard every secret this town ever had from all the gossiping men that often loitered in the shop. And that was more than a few. He grew up thinking that women were the worst gossips. After he opened his barber shop all those years ago, he quickly realized how wrong he was. As it turned out, Baker Mitchell, although born of an unwed mother, was named for his father. Poor Sally Mitchell had a one-night stand, only one of many in her more spry years, as the gossip goes. She named him Baker after the man who fathered the sorry son of a gun. She would have picked a more suitable name for her only child, but she couldn't remember the man's first name. 
So he was stuck with his last name as best she could recollect. Well, glory be to God, if it ain't preacher Kyle, Mitchell, Mitchell squawked the moment he laid uh, eyes on the lathered up man of God laying back in the barber chair. Boy, am I glad to see you. You need to put an SOS out in the church and say a prayer for me, fella. I haven't been this worried and worked up since my ex-wife put me in the hospital. Mitchell, if I recall correctly, you were trying to cheat on that sweet lady with the widow at the other end of the trailer park, and she got fed up with your antics. Don't go asking for sympathy because she beat you up for it, the old barber lit into him. For the record, I never laid a hand on her. I don't care what the old tattletales that come in here have to say about me, Mitchell growled. Nobody ever said you did, Mitchell. I doubt you could have landed a punch. You ain't exactly what anybody would call a tough guy. You ain't a buck fifty ringing wet, if that. Besides, she ain't outweighed you by a hundred pounds or more. You never stood a chance. Hey, enough of this small talk, old man, Mitchell said as he brushed his mullet back from behind his shoulders. Can you help me, preacher? I'm flustered and I need to get the word out. My tin can bass boat is missing and I've arranged a party of sorts down at the lake on the water tomorrow. Wouldn't be right if it didn't make it. I need to get there. I'm, I'm depressed and, and pardon the language, preacher. I, it'd break my heart if I didn't make it, but I need you to find my boat. That boat is a public health hazard, son. Where did you leave it? Preacher Kyle asked. Leave it? I didn't leave it anywhere. I had it tied to my front porch and now it's gone. Someone stole it. Did anyone come in here and confess to it? Confess? Mitchell, I'm a reverend at the Baptist Church. We're not Catholic. No one comes in here for confession. Unless they're just racked with guilt and need some advice. They do all their confessing at the altar on their knees. And that's where you ought to be at least once in a while. Ah, don't call it a porch, son. Barbara tossed in for good measure. You barely got room for two skinny people to stand on that thing. It's more like a rickety old set of steps leading up to your trailer. Well, y'all heard about the bash at the lake tomorrow, right? Mitchell asked. Yes, I heard about it, the old man said as he waved his razor around in dramatic fashion. One of your trailer park brethren over at the Rimmer Trailer Court came in here smelling like Pap's Blue Ribbon and blathering on something fierce about hauling in some smallmouth. Called it the Great White Trash Bash or something. Said he was going to win all that gift card. He's going to win that gift card at Bass Pro Shop with the biggest fish. Some party honoring some poor guy named Rusty. Probably another guy out of the trailer park of yours that drank himself into the hereafter. Preacher Kyle's right, Mitchell. Get your skinny legs to stepping over to the church and get on your knees or you'll end up just like Rusty. Mitchell stood quietly, shaking, gently shaking. Hot tears running down his cheeks. He looked like he wanted to say something, but he couldn't get the words out. What's the matter with you, Mitchell? Preacher barked, clearly annoyed. Rusty was my dog. It took me three weeks of beer cans to raise 25 bucks for that gift card to give away in his memory. Mitchell straightened up his shorts, turned around, and marched out of the barber shop with the weight of the world and his dead dog on his shoulders. I'll read just a bit more, but I'll leave this if, if anybody wants to pick it up on the, on, the, on the Amazon. Mitchell leaned back on the park bench with a cup of coffee and a day-old chili dog from the gas station deli. He figured it wouldn't be long after he crammed it down his pie hole before it started settling on his stomach in the worst kind of way and barking back at him. 
He always stayed close to the gas station until the indigestion played its course. Better wreck their toilet than deal with the issue back at his trailer with the windows open. A man's castle wasn't meant for that kind of disruption. He finished what was left of the strong decaf coffee, belched something fierce, and tossed his trash in the can beside him. That's when Mabel from the library flung open the window, leaned out, shouted at him, and put his mask back on. We got this pandemic going on, you moron. Mitchell pulled the soiled cloth back over his greasy mug and cursed under his breath at the nosy old woman. Mabel was a notorious town gossip and poked her nose in everyone's affairs every chance she got. However, he wasn't in the mood to argue with her, so he tossed up his hand and muzzled himself. Probably wouldn't do much good anyway, he figured not many people came closer than ten feet to him unless they were among his friends and neighbors, all of which were mostly sordid drinking buddies. Besides, his mask hadn't been washed in a month, and it was probably less sanitary than a diaper by now. Hey, Mabel, he shouted through the mask. Since you know everything going on in town, you wouldn't happen to know who stole my boat, would you? That piece of junk, she said. Actually appalled that someone put that thing on the water and expect to live. Of course, she shouted back and pointed her crooked finger. Look behind you. A rusted-out 1988 Ford pickup backfired as it was slowly chugging its way down Front Street. The driver waving as he went by with Mitchell's rickety old boat in tow. Mitchell fumbled for words but managed to toss up his middle finger, his middle digit, just in time for the driver to see. He nearly fell off the park bench but caught himself and ran out into the road dressed in his trailer park vest. Hank Manley, you son of a... Hey, watch your mouth, Mitchell, the preacher shouted as he walked out of the barbershop. Nobody appreciates that kind of language, especially at this hour of the morning. Mitchell jerked down his mask and thought about shouting a few coarse words toward the preacher, but thought better of it. He had enough bad luck without half the town congregating on Sunday to pray for his downright ruination. So, what happens to Mitchell's bass boat? Well, tin can boat. Well, that's yet to be seen. Um, that's about half the story. It's pretty fun. It takes place at South Holston Lake. Um, there's the backdrop for it. Like I said, if you're interested in the short story, uh, there's a whole bunch in there. Just yeah, they're really good. Some really great artists uh, in, in the uh, Authors Guild. That book's called Mountain Voices, 2021 anthology from the Appalachian Authors Guild. That was uh, again paperback, eleven ninety nine. Kindle version is four ninety nine. Can't go wrong. That's a pretty pretty low price, folks. Um, thanks again, uh, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Appalachian Shine. We'll be back soon with uh, another uh, artist, another author, uh, some other guests, and some interesting topics and stories around uh, Central Appalachia. So thanks uh, for tuning in. Don't forget Operation Helping Hand. Go visit us online at supportappalachia.org. And any uh, donations you'd like to make to us, we greatly appreciate. Uh, we're going to be using those funds for these things going forward. Um, all 100% of your donation goes right into the programs we do. We don't take any uh, any pay. Like we're all, we're all just volunteers. So thanks again for your time. We'll see you on down the road.